two stories for you this morning, and both are found in the second chapter of one of the Synoptic Gospels. The first story we'll look at is in Luke chapter 2, and it's a familiar story. It's a great story. It's a story of life, of joy, of hope. The second story we're going to look at is a little tougher. It's in Matthew chapter 2. It's a story of death, a story of loss, a story of fear. This morning I hope that you would see that those two stories are forever tied together, tragically intertwined, but both are necessarily to truly grasp the miracle that is Advent. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Father, um, as we come before you, God, we want to come before you with right hearts and right minds and right motives. And Lord, the only right way we can approach you is in absolute humility, understanding who you are and who we are. And Father, we fall so short of you. We fall so short of your standard of holiness. In understanding what stands between you and us, we come, hearts bowed down, attitudes bowed down, lives bowed down, saying we need divine interruption. We need divine inspiration. We need divine empowerment. And so this morning, Lord, that's what we pray for, nothing short of a miracle that you, the maker of heaven and earth, would step down into our lives and into our hearts and that you would change us and make us look more like you. Grant us wisdom to see your word. Give us the power through your Holy Spirit to live it out. We ask these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Luke chapter 2 starting in verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Matthew, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. <coughs> it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. If you were going to underline something, you might underline this next section. And all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what 
the prophet is written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find them, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and he took the child and his mother during the night and he left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with that time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Here's what I'm going to submit to you this morning. Without understanding the tragedy of Matthew chapter 2, you cannot fully understand the glorious announcement in Luke chapter 2. You see, if you don't understand Matthew chapter 2, then you can't grasp the context into which Jesus is born in Luke chapter 2. And so this morning, I want us to study Matthew chapter 2 together that we might understand a little better this madman whose name is King Herod. Now, most of us, that's all we know about Herod, what we just read. He was the king that murdered all of the little boys sometime around Christmas. Now, in truth, you know, he, he had all the boys that were two and younger killed because he's guessing from the time that the Magi said the star appeared and the time that they showed up. This could be anywhere from a year after Jesus' birth, two years after. We, we don't know. But we know that this tragedy occurs shortly after Christ is born. <coughs> now, Herod's title, given to him by Rome, get this, was King of the Jews. It's his official title. Now, the Jews never really received him as that. They, they didn't believe that he was really the king of the Jews. And they said that because he wasn't a descendant of David. In fact, Herod was only half Jewish. He was from Edom. And, and scholars would tell you that, that because of that, he never really felt comfortable on the throne. He, he never really felt comfortable in his own skin as a ruler. He never really had any security. In fact, 
rule was plagued by the thought and the fear that somebody was going to overthrow him, that somebody was going to drown him out as ruler. And, and the truth is, guys, he, he developed a great complex about it. And so he did something. He built huge cities. He built great palaces to remind himself and others of his greatness, thus the name Herod the Great. And he ruled those cities ruthlessly. Ruthlessly. Not only did he order the slaughter of all these young boys, the age of Christ, he also had several of his own children murdered. He had at least one of his wives murdered. The man was absolutely ruthless. All over fear of losing his throne. And, and friends, when Jesus was born, he was born into this context. He, he was born with the palace of a murdering madman looming just a couple of miles off in the distance. That's where Herod's palace was. It's less than five kilometers from the town of Bethlehem. Now, let me, let, me, let me show you this. This is the only slide I have this morning. Now, that, that what looks like a mound of dirt actually was a great mountain at one time. It's worn away, but this is how it looks today. And on top of that was Herod's palace, and it was called the Herodian. It was the third largest palace in all of the world. They say that you could see it from anywhere. And, and born just, just, just a couple miles off in the distance of the shadow of this great palace was Jesus. It's here in the shadow of this awesome, ruthless, powerful king and builder that Jesus is born. And you've got to see the contrast. Herod is, is completely evil. He is vile. He, 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 he is powerful. He, he is daunting. You have to understand the fear that, that emanated out of this place and, and, and the fact that people would have literally been quaking in their boots as they walked by. You have to understand the madness that sat on that throne and the fear that it caused in the people surrounded. It's almost overwhelming. I mean, just look at what he left behind. That's still there today. And then you look at Jesus. And Jesus didn't have any buildings. There's not a single stone in all of Israel that you can point to with certainty and say Jesus touched that stone. Not a single one. He didn't leave a single mark on the place that he was born. And the truth is, we probably don't really even know the location where he died. And when we look at this world, and we look at the power of evil in this world, there are times that it just seems to be so big and so strong, so unconquerable. You just think about Friday. But you know what? That's what Christmas is all about. You and I are asked to believe that no matter what it looks like out there, 
no matter how great the shadow that evil cast, Jesus Christ is the King. Not Herod, not evil, not the devil. And I would submit to you this morning that under the ominous shadow of that palace, there were not many people that could look at that baby and say, I believe that you are the king. But that's exactly what we were asked to believe. And the angel appeared and said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people that today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. He is king. Not Herod, not evil, not the devil, not fear. That's what faith is. That's what we're asked to believe at Christmas time. This morning, a simple prayer for you. Probably the shortest message I'll ever preach in this place is that you would embrace the truth of what you're asked to believe at Christmas time. When the angel spoke to the shepherds and they broke the news of the birth of the king of the Jews, they were asked to believe that that innocent child lying in a manger was greater than the huge shadow of fear and evil that was cast over the land. And this morning we're asked to believe exactly the same.